Monday's coming. Monday is when reality hits. Monday is when Sunday is tested. Monday is when faith has to work. What we are doing inside these walls allow us to handle, prosper, and not just survive, but thrive all week long. What are you doing inside these walls? Yeah. Welcome to church today. We want to hit on this series and talk about the home for a little bit. And so for the next uh, couple, three, four weeks, we're going to be talking about your home and different rooms of the house. And what are you doing inside your walls that count for something greater than we see on a daily basis? Um, So today I get to start out with the living room, okay? The living room. Now, I don't know about you. And I don't know if you realize this, but your living room is so stinking important and a huge part of your house. I don't know if you realize that, but your living room says a lot about who you are. Huh? The live wires, they want to stay and watch me. All right, live wires, if you're from six years old to sixth grade, get out of here. We love you, but it's time to leave. I thought they were staying in. I know, they're all looking at me like, I hate you. Why are you keeping us here? The living room. I don't know about your house, but I know a lot of our houses. I've been to a lot of your houses and and been inside your house. And I know that the living room speaks a lot about who you are and your culture that you have as a part of your family. Um, I think about our living room, number one, and our living room is very, uh, I would say, and this is just my personal opinion, I would say it's very creative, yet it's very comfortable. It's very productive, yet it's very comfy. Uh, it, it has 50 billion pillows on the couch, which, you know, a couch without pillows, you think, I don't know, is it to be sat on? You know, is it to be laid on? But what couch with pillows, you just want to dive in and take a nap, right? Am I right? So we make sure to have a ton of pillows on there because it's comfy. But if you look at my living room, you'll notice how everything has its place. And we have a coffee table that sits exactly on the bare rug certain way. And then there's this little tray on there with the flowers in the one corner and the cup holders in the one corner and this vase thingy. And it, it is literally cocked just right with the flowers just right. And I know my wife has been there. Right? Because she, she has a certain spot for everything. Everything is in place and organized, yet it's a fun atmosphere. And that, that speaks a lot about who we are. Uh, we love to have people over. We love to have relationships with people. But we also like to get things done. If you know anything about me and my wife, we are very productive. And so Ashley saved up her Christmas money. And just so she could be extra productive, she got herself a robot vacuum. That way, our house stays perfectly clean while we're being productive. Isn't that genius? So I brought Sir Frederick today. That's what we call him. I'll just uh, let him clean just for a little bit here. So, like, he can clean while I just keep talking and I preach and I'm I'm being productive while, Freddie, you just go to work. Look at him. He's doing a little donut right now. That's kind of cool. Never seen that move before. See, this, this robot vacuum, you have no idea how it's changed our life because... I don't know if you realize how much stuff is on your ground. Do you realize that? There is junk all over your house, and you have no idea until you have little Sir Frederick come to you every five minutes with a full basket. And you're like, that's just, we live in that? Ew. Oh, don't worry. He'll just uh, suck on your toes a little bit. He likes to just nibble on you. All right, Sir Freddy, it's time to be done. Thank you. But we love it. I lo- we love our robot. If you've ever been over to the Reimheimer's house, you know you'll walk into their house, and it is open. There are no walls in their house. Did you know that? No walls at all. And their living room is just this gigantic room with space, 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 and tons of furniture. Tons of furniture because they love to have people over. If you've ever been to Richie and Donna's and you stop by during either lunch or dinner, they will say, come on in. Come on in. So make sure next dinner time, why don't you go over there, <laughs> knock on the door, 
It's always good, always good food. Yeah, they're not even here today. I love that. But that's just who they are. They are open. They are all about people just being a part of their family. Um, if you've ever talked to Mark Poor, you would think, is Mark here today? Wow, I love that I'm picking all those people. That's awesome. If you've ever talked to Mark Poor, you would think the guy doesn't have a job and has nothing on his plate. Because he walks in with his drink, and you're like, Mark, how's it going? He's like, going great, loving life, you know, and me and Jan, we're just having a good laugh in this, this week. And you just think, wow, this guy, he doesn't have anything on his plate. You wouldn't realize he's running DuPont in China. He just got back from China. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. But you walk into the living room. It speaks such volumes about who they are. The living room is all put together. You can tell a lot of work went into it, but they're so chill. Come on in. Relax. When I go in there, I, I start to get sleepy because I'm like, oh, the couch looks so comfy. I just want to take a nap on it. It's just who they are. You go to my parents' house. Their living room is full of stuff. <laughs> they love to have the living room packed full of fun. It's just who they are. They love everything accessible and the family all in one place. They don't care what they're doing. They just want to make sure family's there. That's just who they are. You go in the living room, literally, you can reach this way, you get a back massage. You can reach this way, you get books to read. You reach this way, kids' toys. Reach this way, fireplace in case you're chilly. You know, it's like everything's accessible there. Sometimes you even look under stuff and there's a bag of chips just in case you're hungry for later. <laughs> It's amazing. And I was thinking about that. How crazy is that? That is so who you are. You are jam-packed, and you just want to make sure everybody's there, and you want to make sure you have enough stuff to be fun. I mean, that's how we grew up. It didn't matter where we were. You know, it was making sure that we had fun. And did you know that your living room of your family speaks such volume of the culture that you are setting in your house? And everything you do in your life Everything you do on a daily basis either adds to or subtracts from the culture you are trying to set. So I want you to ask yourself this question as we go through today and as we kind of talk a little bit. Once you ask this question, we're going to put it up so you can see it. What am I allowing or not allowing into my home that is either taking away from or adding to the culture I'm trying to set. So if you're taking notes, you can totally write this down. Just ask yourself this question all the way through. What am I allowing or not allowing into my home that is either taking away from or adding to the culture I'm trying to set? Everybody bump your neighbor and say, there's a culture in my home. Go ahead, tell them. They need to know. And if you're sitting by your family, you say, you're helping with this culture. They need to realize that. There's a culture in your home, and you are setting it every single day. What you allow into your home, what you allow into the entrance, into your living room, and what you are not allowing is either adding to your culture that you are trying to set, or it's taking away from that culture, and even setting a new culture that you might not even realize is taking place. But you have to realize, everything you do is either adding to that culture or taking away from that culture you're trying to set. Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15, he's talking to his people, and Joshua's taken over as leader, so he's kind of setting some, some groundwork for everything, and all the people are moving around. And, and what had happened is every place that they went, they picked up the gods of that place. So they, this family was worshiping the god of the sun. This family was worshiping this god that this, the Mennonites were, were worshiping. And so everybody had their different gods now in their homes. And so Joshua kind of brings them in, and he's talking to me. He says, listen, verse 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served before the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so Joshua puts out this thing. Basically, he's, he's letting them know, this is a choice you have to make for your household. Because everywhere we go, people are serving someone. 
And everybody has a decision of who they're going to jump on the bandwagon with and who they're going to serve. And so Joshua puts it out, hey, listen, we've been around. We've seen the culture all around us. We've been to this country, and we've seen them, and we've been to this area, and we've seen what they're serving. And everybody's making a decision right now. But I want you to know, as for me and my household, this is what I'm doing. And you have to choose for your home who you're serving. And I have to ask you, what culture are you setting? Because you have to decide for you and your family, what culture am I setting in our family? As for you and your house, what stands? Doesn't matter about your neighbors. Doesn't matter about, oh, my kids go to this school and everybody just doesn't believe in anything or they're all over the place and all the friends of my kids, they all just have all these different kind of belief systems and whatnot. Hey, that's cool. That's, that's fine. The world can do that. But it's a choice. You have a decision to make and a choice to make in what culture you set in your home. Okay? Good? Sweet. I remember the night that um, I was at home, and it was actually when we lived in Cochranville in our trailer. Um, I'm not ashamed to say I lived in the trailer, and I loved every minute of it. And so I was in the trailer, and Ashley had taken the kids to Kansas City to see her parents and was uh, spending time with her, her grandma, her great-grandma, before she passed away. So I was in the trailer, and I was just chilling there. I don't know if anybody is like me, but when you're used to having your wife or kids there in the house, being alone is not cool, okay? Anybody can relate to that? You start hearing stuff. You're going to bed with the TV on. You don't even realize you're scared to death out of your mind. And I was telling Ashley, I was like, it's not like you protect me when you're here. It's not like when you're around, I'm like, oh, good if, if bad guys show up. <laughs> Ashley, you got this one. Or, you know, oh, Zion's here. Okay, praise the Lord. Because I just got him that new bow and arrow set, and, you know, he can take care of, you know, shoot him right in the head, and I taught him all that he knows, and got karate moves. No, it has nothing to do with that. And I was like, Ashley, what is this? You know, why, why, why when you leave is this just different? And I think what it is, here it is, man. Ready? We need someone to protect, and we feel awkward if we don't have anybody to protect, okay? So it's awkwardness. It's not being afraid, right? It's just, yo, talk about protection. Yo, anybody else hate these stink bugs now? Dude, they're back. It's like the sequel. So I was in the trailer feeling awkward because I didn't have anybody to protect, and all of a sudden, I hear running on my deck, out back. And it sounds like a deer was prancing through my deck. I, it was, I was like, what the jazz? It sounded like there was an army outside of my door. So I go into Christy mode, and I start speaking in tongues. I mean, I go, holy Jesus on this, right? I'm just like, oh, Lord, I just pray for your protection right now. Because I'm feeling awkward. I don't have anybody to protect. So I, I'm like, okay, well, maybe the angels need some some help in what they're doing. So I start praying. I'm, I'm like, okay, what is that? So I'm going to the windows. I'm looking out. I'm like, what the jazz is that? I turn on the porch light, and I can't see anything. So I'm like, okay, just chill out. You're, you're hearing stuff. You know, you're a man, so let's act like a man. You know what I mean? So, so I went into my bedroom, whatever. All of a sudden, I hear the deer again. They're back. And that's like, it's not Christmas time. You know, the reindeer aren't here to give me some presents. I don't know what's going on. So I hear this sound again. Well, I, I just get something. I'm like, okay, I'm grabbing my gun. So I grab my gun, right, because that's what Chuck Powell would do. And so I'm like, I want to be like Chuck Powell. So I go grab my shotgun, and I go out back. And if you don't know Chuck Powell, he's, he's the man of all mans. You see his, uh, well, yeah, okay. You have to know him. But if you know him, you know you don't want to mess with his house, okay? Don't, don't go near his house, him or Eric Ward or Lewis Reinemann. Okay, let's just make the list. <laughs> Matt Downton's one on there too. I, I can name all of you, but I don't, just don't go near their house, okay? Don't prank them. Anyway, so I grab my shotgun. I'm like, what, you know, what would Chuck Powell do? And he would grab his shotgun. So I grab my shotgun. I go out back, and I open up the sliding door. I turn on the light. I step out, and I go, hey! <laughs> I get the manliest voice I could get, right? That was, that's all I had. Hey! Whatever you're doing, it better stop. That's all that came out. I didn't, I didn't know what else to say. So I cocked my gun, right? I just like, what else can I do? You know, I go, I'm like, 
yeah. So I go back inside. I'm freaking out. And all of a sudden, I see across the field these headlights come on. And I'm like, hmm. That's awkward. And then I think to myself, okay, I have a youth group full of guys that would think this is funny. <laughs> and they know Ashley's gone. And they're men. They know the awkward feeling when you don't have anybody to protect. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. So I close the thing. I take off my shirt. I go and find this ski mask. I get in all black, and I sneak out the front door. And I get into my G6, and I'm driving with my lights off down my Cockerville Roads. It's back roads. It's like farm country, right? There's no lights out there at all because... The Amish run it. Hello. So there's no lighting at all. So I'm like creeping up, totally creeper. I see them pull off. They're, they're running, right, because they see my car coming. So I, I pull down this. The, the road goes around like this, and then there's this T in the road. So I go in this T, and I back up, and I, I just sit there, and I'm waiting. And I'm getting excited, right, because it's like, oh, it's going down. So I'm just sitting there. All of a sudden, I see them creeping. I mean, they're going like two miles an hour, right, creeping up. And then when they get about right there in front of me, I flip on my lights. And they, you hear them. I mean, they are off. I'm like, oh, it's on. So I put it in drive. I'm driving after them. I got my high beams on. You know, I'm going crazy, right? We're on the back roads of Cochranville, Amishville, going 90. It's awesome. And then it occurs to me, you know, I'm a youth pastor. I should be responsible in this moment. But... I keep going. I can't even stop myself. Oh, it's amazing. The general rush is incredible. So I'm like driving after them. We're going into this, this random neighborhood, and then they're turned around. I'm turned around. They're free. I can tell they're freaking out because I'm like almost catching them. They don't know it's me yet because I'm in a ski mask, right? It's awesome. So I'm chasing them, chasing them, chasing them. Finally, they, I think they catch on. So they, they keep going. I go back home. I'm like, you know what? I'm getting too old for this stuff. So I'm going to go back home, be the responsible one. So I pull in. Well, they come shooting in my neighborhood, and they, they come up my street, and they're screaming, Elijah! Elijah! They're out the window, right? They haven't even stopped the car yet. And they're out the window, Elijah! We're, we're, we're here. It's, it's us. Don't shoot us. I was like, Mission accomplished. <laughs> Drew Rush, you were one of them, right? Yeah, Dad. Drew Rush is here? No? He left? Oh, he had to go. Everybody's gone that I'm talking about. Who else am I talking about? Let's see if they're here. I'm just. Oh, man. What a night. A night to remember. But can I tell you that you have got to have that kind of urgency to stay ahead of the game with the culture you're setting. And you have to be on guard to whatever's going to try and come and take away from your culture. Let me just tell, talk to you parents a little bit because you need to have such a fervency inside of you that rises up whenever something comes against your culture. You need to have something inside of you that says, all right, ski mask on, let's do this thing. Away from all the fear and insecurities and, oh, I don't know if my kids will like me. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they'll really uh, agree with the decisions we're making. Look, man up. Woman up. Put your ski mask on. Go chase that culture. Get it out of your house because it doesn't belong there. And you have to set a stand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there are things that are going to try and come in and mess it all up. Okay? Whether it be that one friend that's so cool. That your kids just think is the bomb for shiggity, right? No. He needs to go. She needs to go. If it's that one, and let me just talk to you too. There is such a, a culture right now in, in life that our world and society is trying to create and make, and it's not their fault, it's the enemy behind everything, but it's trying to create numbness to sin. They're trying to make it so normal to do what you do and go to hell. And that's, it's, it's the lie of the enemy, but it's the culture that's being set. You listen to the radio. I don't think you can listen to a song that's not about sex or that's not about drugs. It's not about something to do 
with something that comes against the culture that we are trying to set in our family. It's amazing. There's some, and let me talk to you too about the TV, because the TV is the biggest tool that the enemy can use to bring in a culture. It's not a bad thing. Don't let me fool you. I love me some movies. I love me some TV. I love me some, um, uh, yeah, I love me some programs, okay? <laughs> but there have been times where, and, and this just happened, but we were sitting down and we're just, uh, we had um, uh, Disney Junior on, and so we're just letting it flow, right? Does anybody ever do that? You just let it flow, right? It's Disney Junior. What could be on Disney Junior? So we're sitting there, Disney Junior's in the background. It's background noise to me. I'm not even thinking about it. And all of a sudden, I realize they're talking about casting spells on their friends, and then the butler brings his partner into the scene. His partner, right? And so I'm like, okay, here's my three-year-old and my one-and-a-half-year-old at the time, and they're, they're watching this culture. And to them, it's innocent, right? It's fun. It's, it's, it's actually a show that probably some of you watch in your house. And I'm not coming against it, but it, it's, it's one of those things where it was a culture that came against the culture that I'm trying to set in my home. So I said, all right, Ash, that's it. Cable's going away. So we cut cable, and we do the Netflix thing, right? Because Netflix, it's one show, and then it's over. It doesn't continually run, and then that culture's not always being poured in my home. Now I can control it. Now it's one show, okay, we're done. Now it's over, so we're going to go and do something else. But you have to realize that that culture is coming into your kids' minds and is going to jack up their system, and the thing you're trying to create is going to have things coming against it and destroy it if you're not careful. There are shows that, and I'm not even talking about just kids. I'm talking about me and Ashley. We're sitting watching this show. We got into season three, okay? Have you ever been in Netflix where there's no commercials? It's amazing, right? All of a sudden, your 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. becomes Netflix time, right? And you're just like, you can't stop. You're like, oh, my word, I'm on episode, like, 16. This is awesome. And it only took you, like, 20 minutes to get there, right? So it's amazing. So we're watching, and literally, we're in season three of this show. It's phenomenal. We're, <laughs> we can't wait. At night, we're like, okay, you ready? You ready? You ready? Let's put the kids to bed, and let's go watch our show. You know, that was just how it was. And this season... All of a sudden, this one episode got sketchy. I don't know if you've ever had that happen in the middle of your favorite season. It got sketchy. So we're like, okay, whatever. We'll just skip to the next one. No big deal. So we watch the next one. It's sketchy-er. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not going good. This, I, it can't be going sketchier. Finally, it's so bad. I look at Ashton. I'm like, all right, babe, I hate to do this. And this is going to be like a band. We got to do it quick. But we got to stop watching this season. And it was hard. There were six seasons three more to go. I had no idea where it was headed, and I really wanted to know. But you know what we decided? It's not worth it. Because there's a culture we're trying to set in this house. And if we allow things to come in and penetrate that culture and try to take away from it, then we will lose the battle in what we're trying to accomplish in our home. Because your living room has a culture. So you got to ask yourself, what am I allowing or not allowing that it's either adding to or subtracting from the culture I'm trying to set. What are you allowing in? What are you not allowing in? Because they both count, right? Right, okay. And the natural, and the thing is, our hearts are full of nastiness naturally. It, become, it, it comes natural. In Matthew 15, 18, uh, it says, But the things that come out of the person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, and slander. Those are natural. And then we add things of the world to add to that culture. And we wonder why we're losing the battle. I'm sorry, this is kind of a hard-hitting sermon, and I didn't mean it to be this crazy, but... I just want you to realize the seriousness of what is coming in your home. And you need to realize that everything that happens matters. It counts. And you have to be very on point about what you are trying to do in your home. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, 
above all else. All the other things are good, but above all else, guard your heart, right? For everything you do flows from it. And let me tell you, parents, students, guard your heart. But it's a good TV series. I don't care. It doesn't matter. This is your heart. And everything flows from your heart. And God wants to use you in such a huge way. And your family and your home is an instrument that heaven wants to use to touch earth. He wants to touch your neighbors. He wants to touch your friends. Everybody that comes into your home, he wants to use your home to touch them. He wants heaven to be in your home. And it can't be if your culture is off and wrong. You have to watch that culture. Because there's a culture in your living room. Yeah. So what am I allowing or not allowing into my home? Is that you're taking away or adding to the culture I'm trying to set. Culture is strong. Culture is very strong. And your kids notice it sometimes more than you do, that there's a culture in your home. I remember when we were on the road we went to this, uh, this church, and there was these uh, pastor's kids, and we were playing with them outside, and we were just having a blast. I mean, we were sweating nonstop. It was a hot summer day, so we were nasty drenched. I mean, our T-shirts were soaked, and, and we were rolling around in the dirt, and it was just, we were nasty. It was just gross. And so we were like, oh, let's go get a drink inside. So we went inside our, our fifth wheel at the time. We had a trailer. So we went inside our trailer, and these kids jumped on our couch, you know. Allie still remembers it. So these kids jump on our couch, and we have all these pillows decorating our couch, and they are grabbing these pillows and just engulfing them in their sweaty faces, right? I mean, it just sweat and dirt and grime and stuff is going all over our couch, and we are freaking out, right? Me, Zay, and Allie, we're going in the other room. We're like, okay, huddle time, guys. This is not working, okay? They're destroying our couch. Ew, it's so nasty because we had a culture in our home that was cleanliness, right? We love to be clean. We didn't want to put nastiness on our couch because we're going to shower later and put on PJs and go sit on our couch to watch a movie. We do not want to sit in your grime to watch Medicine Woman, Dr. Quinn. <laughs> Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, and Sully with the long hair. He was such a hunk, you know? And so it was, oh, that was, that was a show. We don't want to sit in your grime, and, and it bugged us. I mean, we were bugged, hardcore, like beyond bugged. We were capital B bugged, right? We were just like, okay, how do we get them out of our house right now? And so we're like, hey, guys, let's go play another game outside. They're like, no, it's too hot. We're like, come on, let's go. So we all got out of the house because we didn't want that culture in our house. Did you know your kids will start to pick up on the culture you have in your home? And whenever something bad comes into your culture and a culture that is not according to what you have going on, they will stand up for it. They will stand up for what is normal. Okay. Okay, I'll just stop there. They will stand up for what is normal. So I have to ask you. What is normal in your home? Is it normal to have the TV on 24-7? I've been to a lot of houses where that's the norm. And nothing against TV. Again, I sound like a, I don't like TV. I love TV. TV has a time and place. But if TV is raising your kids, TV is raising your family, if TV is raising your husband, men, TV is raising you, sad. You got to watch yourself because it is creating a culture in you I remember all growing up, our living room, and you have to understand, at seven and five and two weeks old, we sold everything and went on the road. So we had a 40-foot fifth wheel that we lived in with my grandparents at first. So we had Granny and Pappy up top and all of us in the other half of the fifth wheel. And our living room was a place where we all came and gathered and had family time. And it was a time to laugh. It was a time to have fun. It was a time to think through what we're going to do with that day. Uh, it was a time where we congregated to be a family, to, to pour into each other. I remember those moments because they're important to me. And that culture that was set in our house 
is now a culture that I set in my house because I want that. I want it to be all of us together having tons of fun. My living room isn't full of stuff, but it's full of fun. And I took that a part of our family because that was a culture that was very important to me. Your kids will pick up on it. And not only will they pick up on it, they will defend it. They will defend it. I, I know a lot of times we have uh, kids over and, and they would bring a movie. And it would be a movie that we couldn't watch and we weren't allowed to watch. And a lot of times our parents weren't there. They weren't there to say, now, Lodge and Zay, you shouldn't be watching that. No, it was me and Zay saying, absolutely not. We're not watching that. We can't. And we took it on as our culture because our parents put it into us. It was normal to keep ourselves guarded from things that would defile our culture. Is that your normal? Is that your normal for your kids to throw on the ski mask and say, uh-uh, not in my room? When kids try to show them stuff at school, have you ever seen this? That, that's how a lot of pornography addiction happens. A kid shows a kid. Hey, have you ever seen this? What will your kids say? Have they seen you, Dad, look away enough? Be the guy who changes the channel? You know what I mean? And it seems so, so little, but you are setting a culture. When a hot girl walks by, do you follow her? Because if you do, that's okay. But, well, it's not okay, but it's okay. But just know, you're setting the culture for your kids. You think your boys are going to look away? Absolutely not. Mom, when someone calls you with a juicy fact, oh, man, are you serious? That just happened? Are you serious? Don't you know your little girls are watching you? What are you going to do with that gossip? What are you going to do to help that person or to destroy them with your words? You set a culture. It's so important. You set a culture with how you talk about people. Now, let's get this out in the open, okay? It's okay to talk about people, all right? You hear me? How many talk about people? Be honest. How many talk about people in this church? Hands up. <laughs> it's okay to talk about people. A lot of times we would sit in our living room and this would be the conversation. Mom and dad would be sitting down and they'd be saying, all right, guys, hey, did you guys notice that family in church today? Did you notice how that kid was talking back to their parents? That was disgusting. Wow. What, what a, a gross culture. I hope. And pray that mom and dad take care of that kid because he is going to be dealing with that for the rest of his life. Not only is that going to disrespect his parents, but he is going to take that into the future. Someday he's going to have a, a problem with authority. And they would explain to us what was going on. We were talking about people because we were learning from bad culture. It wasn't, it wasn't bad to talk about people. It's good to learn from everybody around you. Now, did they destroy people? Absolutely not. And that's why it's such a big deal to me. And if you've been on my leadership team at all in HV back in the day, that was a big deal to me. We do not judge. We do not put people down. It's just a part of my culture. I don't believe in it. And it was because they set a standard. Hey, we, in this house, it's safe. You can talk about how people bug you. You can talk about anything that's going on in your house and, and, your, and your life and what's hurt you and what's come against you. But just so you know, we respect and love people because God respects and loves people. It's a culture. It's a culture thing. Your culture is so strong. Can't tell you how many times we come into, home, into our home and tell our parents about the culture that we are just a part of. And we'd be like, Mom, you would not believe what they do in their house. They are whack on tobacco. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times we tell them that. We're like, dude, they're smoking or something. You know, they're crazy. Because culture was such a huge thing to us. We had this uh, kid in our youth group, and uh, he would come over to our house all the time, and he would be super awkward and just really quiet at first. And, and he kept coming to the youth group. And, and one night, I remember in particular, we were, we were at home in, in, uh, in Cockerville, and, and we got a call, and it was him. And he called me, and he said, hey, listen, my parents are going away. They're going to their, their mountain home. And they're bringing all the family in, and they're all going to party and get wasted. He said, they do it every year. It's, it's a normal. They do all this, but I don't want to go this time. Can I come and stay with you? And I remember being on the phone being like, dude, you bet. You get over here right now. Pack your bag. You come over here. And what had happened is he had come into my home and felt my culture. 
and he liked it. Because your home speaks volume of who you are as a family. When you walk into a home, you can tell Ralph the Bat, what is the culture of this home? So he came over, he stayed with us for a couple nights, and I remember watching him go from a kid that was a little awkward, a little off, and just coming to knowing who he was and really being a man who understood who he was. And I tell you, it speaks volume because your, your home is an instrument that God wants to use. It is. And it's so important that, that you stand up and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. And can I just talk to you, if, if you're a, a Christian in the house and, and you believe in the Lord Jesus, then this is for you. Because you can try to build your home on your own. And you can try to put things in place by yourself. But you'll do it in vain. And it's without a relationship with Jesus. It's without the Lord in, as your help and guide that you can make this thing go. And you can try to guard all you want with your human rights and, you know, all that stuff that goes along with that. But if God's not involved, you will be working yourself to death in vain. So get God a part of your, your home culture. Can I just tell you how important that is? It's so important that you have time with the king. So important. He goes on in, in verse 3. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. I love this, this verse because it talks about children in a way that you don't really hear a lot about in society today. Children aren't looked at as a reward or things that you put in motion. You know, you hear a lot of things like, you know, my kid's going through that phase or he's, he's, gonna, he's just doing that thing that he always does, you know. I can't really help it. He's just, he's finding his way through life. You know, you don't really hear, hey, kids are your responsibility and you, they're like arrows. And wherever you point them, that's where they're going to head. Um, and, and let me just talk to you parents real quick. God has commissioned you, okay? He's commissioned you. Tag, you're it. You are in charge of the destiny of your children. Now, whether they listen to that and they stay on, that's their decision. That's their choice. That's, that has nothing to do with you. But for those years that you have them, you are in charge of the culture. You are in charge of what goes in and what comes out. You are in charge of what they're dealing with and what they're uh, thinking through and all the questions that they have. You're in charge of that. You have a responsibility. And they are not a burden, but they are a reward from heaven because, because of you, because of your actions, because of all the work you put into your children, they will someday change the world. Sometimes, I don't know if, if you're like me, but sometimes you look at your wife and you're like, baby, I am exhausted. I'm tired. Because how many know kids are tiring, right? All you children, you know. You guys make us tired. You're crying right now. Look at you. Kids are exhausting. Why? Because you're pouring so much into them. But you know what? It is so worth it because someday Zion Danger Hollis is going to be so bold. boy's going to change the world. I believe that. And on May, oh my word. <laughs> we, we read an e-card and it was like totally described us. It was like uh, God overheard these parents say, the first child was so easy. And God said, Ex challenge accepted. <laughs> totally us. 
First kid came, we're like, oh, piece of cake. Let's bring on another. In fact, let's have 14, you know. So confident. And then Miss Anne came along. I love her to death. She's, she's the most... determined individual I've ever met. I thought her mom was determined. Nah. Nah. Not even close. Ane is the most determined woman in the world. You know what will happen if I put good culture into that determination and that stubbornness that will not give up until she gets her way? Can you imagine what she will do with that for the kingdom of God? She will change the world, and you can't tell her no. If you tell her no, it fires her up. She's like, oh, you said no, huh? Okay. I got some other cards in my deck that I'm going to pull out and put on you, you know? Oh, that girl's going to change the world. She's going to change the world. Your kids, they have a destiny. God has already designed it from the beginning of time. He's placed a commission on them, and it's your responsibility to pour into them, to direct them, and say, all right, listen, girl, I know you're all stubborn like that, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to use that stubbornness for Jesus, because there are souls that need to be changed, and there are souls that need to be one for Jesus Christ, and if you can put that determination into the kingdom of God, you are a force to be reckoned with. Nothing can stop you, and mom and dad got your back. Here's another thing to think of. The launch pad from where your kids go off of needs to be a solid rock that they can always return to. Some of us think, oh, when they're gone, that'll be the day. Empty nesters, yeah, sweet. Hey, that's great, and move to Florida. Do your thing, right? But let me just tell you this. It is beyond an amazing feeling and beyond a, a stabling block in my life that I can always return to my parents for wisdom and counsel. Because no matter how much you pour into your kids until they're 18, they don't think you're right, okay? They don't think you're the smartest person on the face of the planet yet. They will. But until 18, until they go away and they figure out that life is really hard and life is more than just mommy and daddy's world, then they realize, oh, my word, my mom and dad really knew what they were talking about. Oh, my word, they, they do have wisdom. Wow. It's incredible. You need to be an awesome launch pad that has such an amazing culture to say, I'm going to send you away, but you can always return. You can always come back for wisdom and counsel because this is a culture that's safe and able to grow you into the person you need to be no matter how old you are. It's an amazing thing. So another thing we do in our living rooms, and this is kind of crazy. Um, I didn't realize this until I married my wife. But does anybody have the rule that if company's coming over, you clean? And your house could be nasty. But if company's coming over, oh, it's going to be spick and span, right? It's like you're cleaning stuff you didn't even think you needed to be clean. You know, you're, you're cleaning in the middle of the grout, the tiles. You're like, why am I doing this? You know, it's just, it's so important, though. I mean, when company comes over, we need this place spotless, you know, Pillows in the exact spot they need to be. Lamp all dusted. You know, even the top of the refrigerator. Nobody can see that. It doesn't matter. It needs to be cleaned. They can sense it, right? The guests can sense it because guests are different. <laughs> guests are important. In fact, they're almost royalty. And when they walk into our home, we want to present our kingdom to them and say, oh, your majesty, everything is clean for you. Come and partake at our table. It is spotless for you. Enjoy. Use the commodities. They're clean too. Isn't it incredible? And we, we, like, we, we create this environment. And check it out. This is going to blow your mind because I didn't realize it until I married my wife. This is what we create. We create it's okay to have a shambles of a home. But when others are over and they see your home, it better be spotless. And so you teach your kids, it's okay to have a mess of a life. But as soon as you get to church, you put on a front because there are guests. There are people that are coming to your life that are from the outside. They can't see what's going on, on the inside. And so you wonder why our society so jacked up and we can't talk to each other because we're all holding our mess inside and it's spotless for you because you're my guests. 
It's a culture. It's a culture. And so our house, we decided, hey, we respect ourselves enough to make sure we clean ourselves every day. We want to make sure our tour rooms, well, <laughs> our tour rooms not every day. That's like once a month. But at least all the toys are back in the tour room and living rooms put together. So when we come down in the morning, it's all fresh. It's all nice. Because I want my kids to understand their royalty to me. Okay? And this is how we live. This is how we take care of ourselves. This is how we do 50 billion things at one time. Because Sir Frederick is cleaning our house. We're making sure everything else is clean so we can be productive. And we're not thinking in a mess. But you're, you're worth more than that. You're worth more than that. Respect yourself. Clean up after yourself. Make sure your room's nice and neat. And not a dictatorship, but just making sure that your house is presentable so that we teach a culture, hey, listen, no matter where you go, you make sure that space is taken care of. Because you are a steward of everything that's in your possession. And your life is no, no different. Everything that's going on, on the inside needs to be the same all the time. And you need to have people that you can talk to about it. And share with, so you can be real. You're not holding stuff in. And children, they're all different. And they all get decorated different. And that's the thing. Every living room, you have different decorations for different homes. And we've been watching this thing, um, Extreme Homes, I think it's called. Have you ever watched it? It's, it'll blow your mind. There's this one guy who built his house in a rock. And it was like inside his house, there's this big boulder. It's really cool. And he has this bed that's in a rock, so you have to rock climb to get to the bed. I was like, babe, that's awesome. That's so cool. There's extreme homes, and there's all these kind of homes, and there's this one house that looked like a haunted house. Honestly, it was like scary. I was like, babe, is this house creepers? It just means she's like, well, I think it's the awkward circus music that's on with it. But yes, it is awkward too. And I was like, yeah, it's creepy. And so, like, everybody has their different decorations. Every kid's gonna be different. Every grown-up's gonna be different. You're gonna have to decorate them differently, okay? And your culture that you set in your living room will totally look different than mine. I'm not expecting to walk into your home and say, oh my word, this looks exactly like the Hollis home. Ah, perfect. You got it. That's the culture we're all trying to set. That'd be dumb, right? It'd be so dumb. Uh, I have animal heads on my wall that a lot of you guys would not be proud of. They're ceramic. Before you amen me. He's like, yeah, buddy. That's my man. No, actually not. Sorry. Wrong guy. I wish I was that cool, man. Yeah, I killed that. That ceramic deer. <laughs> Chopped his head right off. I have different decorations than you do. I have different feel of our, our, our home. Uh, we have this sound bar that fills our entire downstairs. Why? Because I love music. And I got a subwoofer too. And it shakes you. It shakes you because we have dance parties. I love me some music. And that's the culture I like to set in my home. When you walk in, you feel good. You're like, oh, my word. Where am I? Is this Disney World? No. It's the Hollis home. That's right. Let's go on a ride. Okay. Where should we go? I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing right now, but this is cool. You know, We create that culture. I love that. I love that my kids know how to dance when music comes on. I'm sorry. It's just the thing I love. Inside, it makes me happy as a dad. But I love that. But... We watch our culture with what music comes in, okay? Because the messages are incredible today of what's going on. I was just explaining to someone the other day what that one song, um, I Can't Feel My Face When I'm With You. You know that one? Blows your mind. You're like, what is this? Why am I singing it? You know, it's such a good beat. You know, it feels so good. I was just explaining to someone what it meant, and they're like, ooh. You know, I'm like, hey, there's a culture in every single song that's out there. There's a culture that comes with it, Okay? And so you just have to be on guard to understand, hey, I am setting a culture in my home, and everything I allow and everything I don't allow either adds to or subtracts from the culture I'm trying to set. So you have to be intentional, right? Man, we went to Ohio, and uh, dude, Ohio was awesome. We went there, and this uh, one of my youth pastor friends up there, he was putting on this big event 
uh, kind of like Orange Square Fest, not, not, um, but it was more centered towards youth. And, and so he brought all of the churches from Ohio together, and they had um, a car that they smashed, and they had these um, the bubble suits, you know, that you can roll in. Those things are sweet. We have to get those next time, dude. Those are sick. Anyway, so we're, we're doing this whole thing. They got a DJ out there. We're doing the whip and the nay-nay, you know, and all that jazz. And, and uh, come down to the event, um, it happened to be where the guy leading worship went to school with me. And we were, like, on the same worship team at James River. And I was like, what? And he was like, what? And I was like, what? And it was a great night. It was awesome. So we have an awesome worship sesh. And we're just awesome. And I get up and speak, and we're talking about, you know, how, making an impact in your, in your school and, and in your life and just being a, a leader. And, and it was just a phenomenal night. It was a great night. At the end of it, we were going to meet with the students who wanted to start movements in their schools. And, and so I'm on my way there, and a volunteer grabs me, and she goes, I think you need to connect with that boy over there. I was like, okay. So I, I go over to this kid. He's sitting in the corner. I get up to him, and I notice he's just sobbing. I mean, he's, he's bawling. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? Um, what's your name? And, and he told me his name. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And uh, his sister came up because he couldn't even talk. I mean, he was just absolutely sobbing to the point where he couldn't get words out. She was like, hey, our, gram our grandma died uh, a year ago today. And she always told us to start a relationship with Jesus. She always would push us to get involved with the church and to get involved with what God's doing. And uh, she said, we never listened. We never listened to her. But tonight, he feels such a, a pumping in his heart, he can't get away from it. And it was awesome. And I got to lead him to the Lord right there. It was amazing. Just this little 11-year-old kid. And, and I started talking to him about the impact that he's going to make. And you could just see his eyes lighting up. And I was like, your grandma's legacy is going to live through you. I mean, she, she might be gone, but she's going to live out her life through you now because she's passed all that stuff into you. Do you realize the importance of your words? Do you realize the importance of the culture you're setting? Because you might not see the outcome right now. In fact, you might never see it as long as you live. But it's going deep. In fact, it's so deep, the Bible even says they can't depart from it. So set your culture. Set it up strong. Make it deep. Make your living room a place that is comfortable for your family to reside in, to be open in, to have fun in, to connect with but to also be strengthened, to be strong, to walk in a God-fearing culture that when they walk into anywhere, when they walk into anywhere in the world, they change the atmosphere because of the culture that's living inside of them. Because your living room culture doesn't just stay in your living room. It resides in every single family member in your household. So that's why we got to be intentional. And that's why. We need to invite people into our space and show them what a God-fearing family looks like. Today, we are doing the buddy walk for Anchor Chase Verkirk. And that's why you'll notice we have our shirts on, because we're a part of Team Ace. That's right. And I'm proud to be a part of this family. You want to know why? Because we've set a culture that we're proud of each other. My parents, time and time again, would pour into us and say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Let me point out what you did right. I'm proud of you. And all the time, they'd be teaching us the culture that we're trying to set. Now, they didn't sit us down all the time and say, now, guys, let's go through the rules again, okay? Don't chew, don't smoke, don't drink, and take a shower and don't stink, okay? <laughs> I don't I'm trying to rhyme something. They didn't do that. It was different all the time. They would, they, would, they would point out the things that we were doing right. Hey, Lige, I noticed how you really reached out to that a person in the church, and you prayed for that kid. W what happened? And I would tell them what happened, and they'd be like, wow, so proud of you. Way to go. You were a leader. You really stepped out. The reason that we are so who we are today 
It's because of our parents poured in that culture to us. To be bold. To be okay with who you are, even though people might think you're a little whack. You know, they just got pulled over the other day for being drunk, you know. They weren't drunk. But, but people take it weird. I, I know a lot of kids that came in my youth group and said, said that um, they, um, they thought I, me and Zay were high when they came to our youth group. They honestly thought we were high. And for the first year of coming to our youth group, they thought these guys must just get high every time they come to youth group so they can put on so much fun. <laughs> I'm trying to explain. We aren't high. <laughs> this is just how we are normally. You don't want to see us high. You know, I don't want to see me high. I definitely don't want to see Zay high. But that's why I called my youth group High Voltage, because we're all high, right? It's weird. Weird stuff going on in that youth group. But it's a culture that you set. And today we're walking proud of our little man Ace. He's my man. He's my boy. And that's a culture of our family. We do things together. And so what's the culture of your home? What are you setting in place to be a rock for your family to live upon? Because the culture you set today will live out tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And someday, however many kids you have, there'll be households with those cultures all around if you be intentional about the culture you're setting today. Can I pray with you today? I'm so excited about uh, what God is doing in this church, and I'm so excited about what God's going to do in your home through this series and just being challenged. And I love, here's what I love. I love coming to church and being challenged. I don't know about you, but I love it. I love coming here and, and, and having something tug on my heart and say, wow, I didn't think about it like that. And, but, but here's what I hate, okay? I understand this. This is what I hate. I hate when people come in here, they hear a challenge, they get, they get something that says, oh, my word, that is amazing. I've never thought about it like that. And then they leave the exact same. That's pointless. It really is pointless. You might as well be home in bed sleeping because that's probably more intentional for your body than hearing a word and not doing anything with it. So my prayer today is that this sticks. This is something that you write down and you have that question out. Hey, what am I allowing? What am I not allowing that is either adding to or taking away from the culture I'm trying to set? I hope this sticks with you. So you set a culture in your home that whenever we walk in, when anybody walks in, they come and they say, oh, I like this place. This is an amazing living room. What you guys do to it? They have no idea all the work that went into the culture that you are setting. Because everybody sees the outside and says, oh, this is, man, I guess all you need is just need is some good music or, or whatever. This, this environment is so much fun. No, 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 no. There's a lot of work that goes on the, on the bottom of that, that that you don't see. But it's worth it. Because you set a culture that shows the world who Jesus is. So let me pray for you today. God, I thank you so much for everybody in this room and what you are doing to create an amazing culture in their home. God, I pray for every mom, every dad, that you would give them the wisdom and the strength to stand up and be the people they need to be. That no matter what comes against their culture, they stand up in the face of it and defend. I bet they would stand at their door, the gate, and they would stand there and guard what is precious to them. I pray for every student and every child that is in that household, I pray that they would catch the culture, that it would go beyond just a fun atmosphere. But God, they would be leaders. They would be the ones that are changing the world, and they would be defenders of what you are doing in this world. We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much for who you are, what you're doing, what you're accomplishing here in Chester County. And God, I just pray for every family in this room that you set a culture that shows the world what heaven's like. God, if they've never done it before, I pray that they would pray that their homes would be the hub of your presence. They'd be the lighthouse to their neighborhoods. Because God, there's a world that needs you, and we want to be the agents, the carriers of your glory. So God, I pray for every household. Won't you come and be real? Come and be awesome. Show yourself mighty in our lives. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen. So I challenge you this week, start some things and stop some things. Okay? Start some things that are key and stop some things that need to stop so you can create the culture that's going to outlive you. All right? We love you guys. Thank you so much for coming to the Power Place. Make sure you come tonight to Orange Square Fest and invite a friend. See ya.